Welcome to another edition of Ronin Radio. This is Michael Skye with Hans Komein in the south of Brazil on a rainy morning. In today's episode, we explore what keeps so many men from leaping into the unknown even when they know it's best for them or they have their dream waiting for them there. What is it that keeps them where they are and how can we call out to them in a way that has them respond? I share some of my methodologies and ways that I learned to leap into the unknown. And I share a, uh, what was for me a really exciting story about uh, leaping into the ocean to swim with a uh, whale. Enjoy today's episode. Get something big! I don't know what we talk about, but from today we have something very sad. <laughs> it's sad a, for you. Is it? Yes, it, I have a, It's a depressing thought, frustrating at best, depressing at worst, and it's this. We're talking about a friend, and uh, yesterday. Uh, who's 18, he's butting heads with his father, he's not liking uh, university and he's working for us also. And he made an announcement yesterday that by the end of the year he will, he will get away, he will be out of the country and he will be self-sufficient. And, uh, and one can describe it as a beautiful, strong warrior uh, story where a young man uh, feels that he's not enjoying university, feels that he's not enjoying being at home, realizes there's something else, has brothers in us that are in his corner and says, I'm making the leap. And, uh, and when I describe a story like that, and I did it in, in my newsletter, it seems I'm stressing the decisive power of this young man making a decision. And then I'm thinking about it and I look at his video and I look at his things and I could equally tell a story where his decisive power is a lot less where yes, he feels he doesn't enjoy university and he doesn't enjoy his family life where he's at in California, but it is only because his father has decided that he will not pay for university anymore. And it is only because He's butting heads with his father and that he knows he's going to kick me out any, any, any day now that he kind of, he's kind of forced to look for a different solution. And if that would not happen, if his father would not make those decisions for him, he'd probably continue going to university and he'd probably continue uh, being with his family despite the fact that he knows deep down he doesn't like it. He doesn't like university. He doesn't like family home. And he knows there's an alternative and he has brothers on his side. I don't see it that way at all. Yeah. Well, I, yes, it, but you could tell the story that way. And, uh, and I look back at my own story and I could say the same thing, you know? Well, let me say what I see happening with this young guy. Um, 
first of all, he's dependent on these external authorities since birth. Yes. They're the ones who are really responsible for his life. Yes. They tell him what he has to do. He has to go to school. This is the right thing to do. Like they're the voice of authority in his head. And uh, he experiences his own power mostly in reaction to them. You know, so he might say what he wants to do, but then they tell him he can't do it. And then maybe he reacts to them, you know. And so in his head, like like the challenge is to become his own authority, to take, to, mm-hmm. to, to take, assume that voice. Already in his head, he's, he's doing battle with the, what his parents are going to say and that they're going to say no and they're going to fight him. And he's already preparing for that. So as he comes to speak, to realize his desire and speak his desire, he's already fending, you know, he's got the shields up. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, he's already coming with the judgments to them. He's already expecting, he's already provoking the, the fight, you know, that he's sure is coming. And uh, which makes the fight come almost more like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then he can fight back. Then he has something to fight back against and he can, he can declare his, uh, whatever. So partly I see it as it's in the claiming of his authority that he's even doing battle with them inside of his head before, before they even impose him, you know? And, uh, it is very, for him, it's very real. Um, the second thing I would say is that, is, is that, uh, his desire has been suppressed. His real authentic desire has been suppressed for so long because it's dangerous. I mean, if he would really let himself feel what he really wants to do, I remember talking to him and he, he says, you know, he starts really feeling like, wow, yeah, what if, you know, what if I did this and, oh man, I can't do that. You know, I, can't, I couldn't say that. I couldn't do that. And, you know, it's dangerous, you know, to really feel and speak it. And I think, mo- I think a lot of times we are, we mislead ourselves even about what we really want. We, we hide it. And I, I know this, like, I look to my past and, uh, you know, for example, in relation with a woman or something like this, I might not want to tell her the full truth of what I really desire because of the negative consequences that could happen or whatever. And I might not really, really want to admit to myself what I really, really want because that man, that could have me go off to Africa and leave my whole life behind. I mean, I was, I was 39 when I made the decision only after really years of awakening to my desire that I realized, you know what I really want to do? I really want to go travel the world. I want to go be free and all of this. And um, I remember back and I, you know, I, uh, I did have a big conflict then also, you know. Um, and, you know, and in part, you know, that's why I was going. But... And this is another part of it that that as I really started to speak my desire, people did oppose me, and I did have to contend with them. In, in either one, in either way you tell the story, the way I the first or the, the 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 second part of that story, the way I see it or the way I describe it, and the way you describe it, that seems a little that seems at least a little less courageous than saying, "I'm breaking free of this and I'm going." It seems like, it seems like, it's 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 random at best, and it's just it's just a consequence of all of the context. 
I don't see it that way at all. I mean, you mentioned his story that he posted on Instagram about his, you know, like why he's going, his father's not paying for school, whatever. That's the story he put on Instagram. But the reason his father's not paying for school is because he started standing up for himself to his father. And he started saying no, what he wasn't willing to do. And he was starting to say yes to himself and what he wanted. And it's because of those courageous stands that his father said, I'm not paying for school, and that he didn't cower and say, okay, dad, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. So it's because of those other stands that he made that his dad said he wasn't going to pay for school. Mm. So, um, I, I, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of fear about it. You know, I, I definitely do see it as a courageous stand. Mm. I'll tell my, my story, you know, because people always say, wow, that's, People think it's courageous. Maybe you're mapping it apart on yes. yours. Well, it's just a way of looking at, at, at things, you know. And I really, I see that in many things. I, I, I see in, in the way media is telling or people are telling that they like to stress the decisive part of something. Meaning someone decided this and that's where we go. It's like conspiracy theories, you know, it's all mapped out. And But I, I, I when I look at how things happen, it's way more like... Uh, Taylor of Panama things, which is, if you've seen the movie, is really the context that makes him decide something and then goes a different direction and it becomes a big thing. But it's not, it's not this plan and there's not so much decisive power and going through it. It's way more like an, an opportunistic seeing the opportunity, going with it and then moving in a different direction. And, and I could tell my story that way too, because people think, wow, it's courageous to give up your academic career to go and travel the world and talk about women, basically, you know, and, and I, and to the outside, it may look like that, but to me, it never felt really courageous. It felt like it's, it's normal. I get this, like I fell in unease with what I was doing and uh, nothing is like it's, I didn't feel fully alive. I get an opportunity to go travel and I say yes to it. Okay, that that much is true, you know. But to me, the 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 opportunity was so big and so obvious that I would it would it's impossible that I would say no. You know? Yes. And so to me, there is not much courage in that complete like change of of say career. And uh, I see it completely differently with his situation though, because this wasn't even a possibility when we met him, you know. And his whole thing, like he's faced down a lot of fear over the past several months. You know, he's, he's, uh, his parents want him to, you know, finish university, get a good paying career. Um, you know, his, his mother's hiding his passport from him. You know, who knows if they'll write him off of the family. Um, he doesn't have a way of making money. You had a, I mean, he's got, he's making very, very little from what we're paying him right now. He doesn't have enough to survive. You know, you, I think you had a, a way of, at least at the time, you were earning money, you're on your own, you know? No. Uh, well, no. <laughs> I went, that's the thing. I went from monthly paycheck to nothing. Yes. But, okay. But he doesn't have his monthly paycheck. He's not even on his right. own. He's uh, right. still completely dependent on parents, you know? Has never had a job that could sustain him, right. you know, on his own. And uh, he's the oldest child. He doesn't have an older sibling who's gone out and made it. You know, and uh, he's he's risking possibly his, his parents will, you know, you I think you kind of had maybe more support from your parents or 
more like they're accepting of whatever you wanted to do. Mm. I think he feels much more like right. he might get fucking cut off, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, you know, for me, me facing down my mother and the authorities of my world, it took a lot of courage for me. I know that. But here's another thing. I remember telling my story, even into my, you know, maybe my early 30s. I would tell the story like this, that my mom kicked me out, you know? And and because it made me look, I think, more like a, I don't know, a tough guy, a troublemaker or whatever. But the, tr- the truth of the story is, I was already going, you know? I was already going and I was causing so many problems with her because I was just gonna do everything my way. And uh, when she said, don't come back, I was more like, okay, I won't, <laughs> you know? But I was already, I guess, I, I mean, I was still a troublemaker, you know what I mean? But what I'm saying is I told it more like she did it to me, <laughs> you know? Which actually concealed the truth of it the opposite direction. Wow. It wasn't like my stand to go as much as it was like she made me do it. I hear different stories, you know? I, I just hear different stories. I don't hear, oh, this one is more true than the other. It is now because that's the one you're telling, but not because there's more truth to it in my You know, the way I look at things, you could be telling that first story forever or you could tell the second story. What I'm shocked at is this, is that, and I say this for anything, when we, when we know something, like we put out an invitation to guys, you know, we put out an invitation and I hear guys, men say, yeah, they don't like their job. They don't like the relationships they're in. They don't like their life. They feel it's like, uh, we offer them an alternative, you know, do this and this and this. They know it's the right path. Like they know, like, yes, yes, yes. And, and only a small percentage of those men are really going to make a leap or knowing fully that this is not satisfying. They're not going to make the leap. And that to me is shocking all the time. Like, why is it? so hard to break free of something you know is not fulfilling you yeah to me again that's not uh, it's it's obvious to me anyway from where i look at it and that's that knowing is not enough yes and you can think about like knowing consciously this is your um prefrontal cortex right what are they awake to it meaning like are they feeling it in their their animal neurology, their body, their, their id, you could mm-hmm. say. The superego maybe says, okay, yes, I know this is best. But it's not all of them. It's not their whole being, yes. yes. It's just like a part of them which doesn't even feel real. To, to know something, like, okay, yeah, I can know this is the whatever, the right thing to do, but I feel much more strongly about doing something else. And so, like, the knowing is, like, inconsequential to, like, compared to how, like, how I really feel. And so the question is, how can we, if we're talking about presenting an an opportunity to someone, um, it's not just about presenting it logically or or so that they know it or understand it or agree with it. It's so that they fucking feel it or or what I would say, awake to it. Um, Yes. And if they're not doing it, it's because it's primarily first look to, are they even awake to it? Yes. But that is still like, I, I... 
I think that's a great explanation, you know? And it's still like, that still, that this is a fact is shocking to me. Like I go, to, I, I know, I know going to the gym, you know, is, is great for me. Like I know all the reasons why it's great for me. I also have the experience that every time I went, it feels great every time, you know? And so my body knows it too. And then still at any given moment, when I'm thinking about the gym, I have to, in a way, convince myself or, or have a system in place. There's a, there's a resistance there of not wanting to go. And there is no reason. Like, where does that come from? Where does that resistance come from? When all my uh, uh, stories, all my experiences, all my knowledge is a full on, yes, go to the gym. I still like, I feel I have to overcome something. Yeah. That to me is, is well, I have my so, own explanations for it. To but, me, it's an of course. Because in that moment, you're, you're feeling like being where you are. You are already doing what you already want to do. You already have the, yes. the neurology for, for, for being right there. You, you, it's like an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Or exactly. Tends that's to what, stay that's my explanation. Yeah. But, it, but it's like your whole awareness is already there and yes. going there. So just that you have this knowledge that something else is good for you or whatever, that's like you have all of this and then you have this one piece of knowledge over here. Yes. It doesn't mean it's connected or it's real for you in that moment. It'll become real for you once you get to the gym and you start experiencing it. Then yes. you'll be in this world where, yeah, this is great. But when you're just sitting there, this having this, being able to access a filing cabinet that says, oh yeah, this is good for me. Well, well yeah, but I'm yes. like, this, this is what feels good right now. So. Yeah, Newton's first law, an, an, an element that's, uh, how do you say it? An element that's not, not in, in motion mo tends to stay in motion. The first one is different. An element that's at rest. At rest tries to stay in rest. That's the way I, I, I only can make sense of it, you know? But uh, I, I guess it's what I'm feeling is a frustration over the frustration of someone who wants to really transform and change and is bored of being me and here and right now and uh, and see that reluctance in a way you know of the things that I know that are good that are great and they're like Ugh! I have to like fight with the here and now of like breaking free of that you know you know, you, you know if we go back to the inner conflict right do one thing or, or do the thing I said it would do versus do, do the thing I feel like doing you have ready-made rationalizations beliefs stories that it, you've told yourself all your life that make it comfortable to not even really face that inner conflict but just keep going this way mm -hmm. like not being a morning person this is the well-worn path that you've walked get up no no keep doing this you've you've worn down that path in your mind in your beliefs in your neurology in your vision in your whatever like of course you just keep going that way so all of a sudden go this way when all of your neurology says go this way of course, it's like you, you're yes. going to beat a new path through the jungle. It's, you're going to have to whack it. You're going to have to well, you know, wear down that path and make positive, make rationalizations for going the other way for a good period of time before it's like this becomes like the more well-worn path. So, um, yeah, so to transform, that's a major, mm. that's a major thing. Now, if you, it, to use that metaphor, 
If you can take yourself from this path in the jungle that you walk every day, every day, you've beaten it down, and the rest of the jungle is unknown, so it's scary, it's, it's, you don't see how to get there because it's all blocked, you got to contend with stuff you don't know. Um, if you could transport yourself to a place in the jungle that you, okay, you don't know anything and there is no path, now you have to make one. If you could just transport yourself. But if you stay here in the same environment, the same surroundings, the same group of friends, you're just on that path. And man, that's hard to get yourself every day to get off the path. That's why I like the leap. Mm. If you just leap to where you want to be or some other uh, environment where it's... You <laughs> know just imagine saying? you're in the jungle try to leap. <laughs> Damn. It's like a grasshopper. You know, yes. They just... Fling themselves and do backflips and then end up in some other place. You know, I I would uh, I had this thing that I would do a lot for a period of years, especially when I was starting to leave the states more and more and more. And that's whenever I was in a body of water or the ocean, you know, get on a boat. I would I would get up on the back of the boat and backflip into the ocean. And for me, it was very much a metaphor, just like flinging myself in the like I can't even see where I'm going. You know. The backflip into the ocean, into the unknown. And I did this uh, when we were out uh, on a, with a woman who takes people to see whales off the coast of Panama. But it was before whale season, so there was no other boats out there doing this. And uh, I saw a whale out on the horizon. I said, whale! No one else saw it, you know? And so, so we headed out that direction. And uh, everyone's like... You know, see it you know this is a great metaphor by the way you know for like your vision you know you're saying i saw i saw it i felt ah, i want to go you know and no one else sees it. like yeah it's not really out there man come on what are we doing and i said i think it's right about here you know like five minutes out on the boat i think it's right around here and uh the old woman um who does this thing she jumped she actually jumped in first she jumped into the water she went underwater and uh She came up, she's like, I hear it, it's nearby, you know? And I was like, oh, you know? Whale, it's like monster, monster of the ocean, you know, of the, jumping into the unknown, and there's a great fucking monster that could swallow you whole. It could just be, it could come up for its feed from the bottom of the ocean, be like, now you're in the belly of the whale. And I stood up on the, you know, on the edge of the boat, backwards and I backflipped, you know, into the into the ocean where there's this who knows where the fucking monster is, you know? And it was great. And and uh and I remember I had a friend there who was this, you know, really warrior like guy. He studied this he studied Krav Mag, Mag was it Krav McGraw? Krav Maga. This really aggressive uh Israeli martial arts form. He was super aggressive in business and entrepreneurship. He was like, just, he was like, <clears throat> you know, and uh, he would not get in the ocean. <laughs> you know, he would not get in the ocean. And we swam out a little ways because we, we, the whale surfaced, right? So we kind of, and we swam in that direction. <laughs> it started coming towards us, you know, like it's going under the water. Then it would come up and it's getting closer. It's like, fuck, not kind of, you know, I, I swam a little bit closer to the boat, you know? And, uh, It, it ends up going like right underneath us, under the boat, and then out the other side. It was this magical fucking experience being like in the water. You can hear it. It's like it's singing, you know? And 
yeah, I don't know how we, oh, the backflipping, you know? Like, to me, that's, it's something that I, I did a few times early on. Like, I've told the story about, like, how I kind of backflipped flip, from where I was on the East Coast, my mom's house, to, okay, I'm going to go live with my uncle, you know? And, I, and it's complete unknown. And then the first day of school, the whole cheerleading squad is after me. Uh, everyone welcomes me. It wasn't like this cold environment back east. And it was like all of a sudden I've got friends. I'm cool. I've got girls. I'm like, and I went from being a nobody and a loner to the... And I was like, what? You know? Mm. It's that, because I think I had some really positive first experiences with that, I realized that as a strategy. You know, like I would Back keep flipping. wanting to do it. Yeah. And how powerful it could be to, you know, transform your life. Just something different. Completely fling yourself into a new, a new reality. But what's, what was important in your story was Zan coming. He, he's, he's lived there and he's telling you about that reality, mm -hmm. right? That he's living. You can get a sense of it. Oh man. And he's invited me. Did he invite you? I don't know. Yeah, working together, yeah, and then uh, I wasn't even imagining traveling yet, you know. Yeah. He thought, five. Oh, I think you should be here when we do these events." Yes. I'm like, I'm there, you know. Yes. It's just. I think if we're thinking about guys who you can tell them the opportunity, they can think, "Yeah, that would be a better life or whatever." you know, how well-worn are they in the path that they're already in, you know? And how many things that they're attached to are already holding them in place. They got a dog, they got a girlfriend, they got a secure job, they whatever. Right. And the, th the dream is so many unknowns. Who actually, yeah, that's why I like to think of giving people a taste first. Give them the real fucking taste, like when I took the month off to Africa, you know. And then you come back, and then you have had a real experience of it. It's not just a, a vague knowing or a dream. It's a, it's a law, it's a saudade. You come back uh -huh. with saudade, not a fantasy. Yeah, maybe a, a, a way different of, of saying this is like, why did was say the jump that I made? Why did it seem so easy and obvious to me at that point? Like there was no courage needed, I would say. And at the same time, I see so many men stuck, you know, and I see the opportunities they have and I see the opportunities I give. You see the opportunity. Yes. And they don't... Yes. So, just... But, it, but imagine there are opportunities that come into their life that seem easy and natural that they do say yes to. Yes. Because there were other things that you didn't do. You didn't take off to explore Africa. You didn't uh, do other things that you knew you could do. You didn't do those things. But you went with Zan. So the things that you might be showing them might not actually occur like a the way that Zan occurred to you. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. That's what I'm. That's my question. You know, what is it in there in that moment that made the choice for me so obvious? And at the same time, I see I I, I experience the frustration when I look at at men tolerating their plight, not being happy, and not doing anything about it, and not taking the opportunities that come. Like to me, that's it's it's puzzling and I'm not asking you for you to answer it for me like what is in there to me it's 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 incredible yeah and that's why I think so many would describe like my journey as courageous when I don't think it's very courageous because they do not see the opportunity in that or they cannot imagine For that to be something so obvious. Mm -hmm. Well, you remember when we met and I talked to you about business. Yes. It wasn't like you just, you know, you could see perhaps, oh, I'd like to have a lot more money. Uh, maybe it'd be great to, to have that. But if I don't have to, as long as I don't have to do it, yes. work a lot more hours, do marketing, do selling, do all of this. Like it wasn't until it was a while of like hanging out together, living together, and a bunch of other things that then awakened something in you. You know, getting the, experiencing Dean Jackson. Um, you know, you got, you saw a pathway that you didn't see before. Yes. Right? You didn't see, the, like I presented the opportunity to you, but it was until you experienced Dean Jackson that something more really opened up for you, I think. Yes. So, with each of those guys, what is their Dean Jackson? Maybe you you know you haven't presented them their Dean Jackson opportunity. And even in that, you know, there was I remember um, you were attracted to it, but you were still really considering whether you're going to do it or not, and put down that money for it. Um, but I, you know what? I think the fact that you did put down a significant amount of money for that was also a good thing. Yes. Like if you had just put a little in, would you have really got the made sure to get the value out of it and then really experienced how good it was, you know, if you hadn't invested in it? I'm very interested in that process. Like as in, like what is happening there when we choose a different path, you know, and how much is there, is, is there a decision, is, is courage made there, is it context, is it the invitation, is it all of that, you know? And uh, both in like understanding myself, but also like in understanding where guys are at and how can we put an invitation in such a way that that saying yes to it is is unavoidable. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, well, and, and there's always going to be certain personalities that are just they're not going to respond to the invitation that you're making. Right. Yeah. Or to who you are. I, I, if I look at, oh, if I look at, if I look at society, you know, if I look at the guys that we're working with and I am still shocked looking at the fact that so many are unhappy where they're at with their job, with their relationships, with their life, they're unhappy where they're at. And, 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 and few 
make a radical change, jump on an uh, opportunity that's there, is, is go with 180 degrees, do a backflip. So few of them, you know, and that's, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Because if, if I look at my history, you know, I, I felt the unease. And so I was looking for opportunity and I would, I would jump on it when, you know, and I get so tired of, of being me at a certain point is fuck, do a backflip, end up somewhere different, you know? And that to me is, is so puzzling. And it's probably testament to the strength of this socially conditioned rhetoric of the society, you know, that holds people where they're at, you know, holds them just comfortable enough that they're afraid to jump, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it's one of the reasons I keep coming back to like reaching guys 14 to 21, you know, before yes. they've been so programmed to compromise, so programmed to, yes. to shut down their desire, programmed to shut down their anger, programmed to, to not have honor and not choose from honor. We got to get them young or we got to abduct them. And put them in a different life for like a well, month. Well, another time when guys are really ready to act is when they're at the end of the rope. Yes. Like to, to, to not act would be much more painful than to act. Yes. You know, like you, you, you've avoided, 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 avoided. And now you, everything is gone. Your whole life is falling apart. Right. Now you're ready to make a change. You know, so <sighs> people have carved out a comfortable existence and and to say go into the unknown into the wilderness where i've never been before and like i could lose all this comfort i could lose uh, everything i have and myself i could lose my identity i lose i could lose my beliefs i could my future i've been working for i everyone could laugh at me i could die i could lose my friends might judge me i, I mean there's so much at stake yes. to, to just go off into the wilderness you know i guess i what i what i sense is uh what i see now clearly is i have some judgments and contempt towards guys playing it safe and it comes probably also because i feel most of my life i was or still you know playing it too safe or a part of me that feels i'm playing it too safe you know mm. that that fuck what did it take until i was 35 to start traveling mm. you know why did i why why you know why mm. was it just so i i guess that's that's there you know so it's a great insight come to terms with that that's a great insight you could do a self-honor window yeah it would be really great for being able to really connect more deeply with the guys if you can be a welcoming and honoring of that part of yourself mm. You know, what part? The part that has resisted, or that has been the same, or has not uh, the part that you're judging. Mm. It'll actually, because on some level, they can feel it. The part of you that you're judging, they they don't feel fully welcome. They feel the judgment. That's a big reason why. That affects people's choice to come with you or not. I remember, you know, in my journey with O, for a long period of time, I, I really felt he saw me, he really profoundly saw me, he really had my best interest at heart. And then there was a point after enough conflict or whatever, and he started judging me. And I stopped 
listening to him as much. I stopped. I refused his invitations, you know, because I didn't want to go be with someone I felt judged by. Like, I don't feel like he's got my best interest at heart if I'm feeling judged by him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, I, he's got some great ideas. Like, I want to pay attention to him, you know. But I don't know if he's going to fuck my whole life up because he doesn't, he's not caring about this whole mission I've been on, all the, the my, my family back in the States. Like, he's, he's uh, speaking as if these things don't matter, you know. And I'm like, you know, I'll keep my distance from that guy. Like, I, I still want to listen to him. I want to read what he writes. I want to hang out with him a bit. But I'm going to keep my distance because I don't feel entirely safe or welcome. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's a great insight. That's a great insight. You got my family watching. Bonjour, Charles. Comment tu vas? You got some people from the Arabic. Can Thailand, Thailand. Ah, Thailand. Yes. You can read this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it says, Hello, handsome man. <laughs> handsome man. You are Masa. <laughs> Left hook, right hook, me, eh, me. <laughs> yep, my Thai box training. Sawadee Krab. Sawadee Krab. There's actually no one watching, but they commented. They commented in the Sawadee Krab. Yes. All right. I would love to do that. A self-honor window. Self-honor window. Yes. Yes. You know, that's, I mean, it's great that we had this, this conversation because, and I, I map it onto my situation with, oh, I think it is a really big insight, actually. Um, it's, in a way, it's similar to, I told you about my other friend, a female friend, she's, Judging her husband, she'd like her husband to be different. And she, she yes. wants him to go on a different path, right? But, she, but she's in judgment of him. Yeah, it's like what we said before is, is, is if you feel judged by someone, you probably have judgment of them. Yes. And the way forward in that relationship is not by trying to change their judgment, but the, but the judgment you hold of them. Yes. It's the same with you. With your, if you want to transform, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta come to terms with the judgment you have of the the, the parts you don't like, or yes, know, or with the with the other person. So, yeah, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of times we try to motivate motivate ourselves by judging ourselves. That's that uh, internalized external authority. Mm -hmm. You know, we judge the part of ourselves we don't like, trying to transform ourselves, but in a way. It can keep us the same because there is that other part of us that's feeling judged and it wants to hang on to what it's got. It all of a sudden becomes very clear why why we're not making backflips, you know. It's just that. It's just you're judging it, you know. Or I'm judging it. Mm. Fuck. We are the prisoners. I am the prisoner of my own judgments. Mm. Not in the least the judgments of my, of parts of myself. Yeah. Mm. What a maze! What a maze to try to break free of. Thank God, there's uh, tools <laughs> that can make clear these invisible walls of judgment that keep us trapped. 
and, and ways that bring them down. Speaking of the honor window work, if you're interested, seek it out. Well, actually, we have a call on Sunday. Yes. And we have a group of guys who will be present, but they first did already the, the first call two weeks ago. Yes. Three hours. <laughs> I was half rolling my eyes. Three hours. And, uh, and if you're interested to do the work, you're invited Sunday, but uh, contact me and you will have to go through the call. You have to do the first part. You have to do the first work. Yes. So contact me or contact Michael and uh, I will give you the recordings. And then if you go through the work, do the first part, I'll invite you, we'll invite you on Sunday. Yes. And if you're listening to this some point, uh, well after uh, like the end of May, then uh, just seek us out, make a comment, search for the honor window online and uh, come and do the Jedi training to liberate yourself and your people. See you tomorrow.